Welcome to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, hi, Icon Church. Great to be with you this morning. Great to join you on uh, Church Online. Um, great to be in here serving Paul and Jeannie and the team. And I wish I could be with you, but unfortunately for this period, we're doing stuff online. But hey, we're having a great time. I've been watching some of your stuff online and uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. And it's my privilege and my joy this morning to come right where you are, uh, part of this series where you've been looking at 40 Days of Freedom. And this morning, I get the privilege of doing part five. Now, I'm going to look at my notes here. You've done Revelation, Rescue, Restoration and Renewal. So somebody, somebody somewhere is good with ours. And so this morning, what I'm going to look at is not just the restoration you need or or the rescue you need or all those other things. I'm going to look at the revival that you and I need. Now, the trouble is this. Um, When I say the word revival, it means so many different things to so many different people. The Cambridge Dictionary says this about revival according to the dictionary. It says the process of becoming active are popular. The process of becoming active are popular. Listen, many years ago in the early 80s when I became a Christian, I went along to a Pentecostal church. I made a commitment to follow Jesus. I knew nothing. I, I wasn't from a Christian background. And as I went to church every Sunday, I remember some of the people that used to stand up and pray every Sunday morning. And I'm thinking as though it was yesterday to this gentleman called Eric. Uh, he's with Jesus now in heaven. And he used to get up every Sunday morning and he'd pray the same prayer at 10 to 11 every Sunday morning he'd say Lord send revival send revivals and everybody would clap and get excited and then we'd probably do nothing till next week but I as a young Christian started to think wow wow if if Eric's that passionate about this thing called revival it must be good because everybody's waiting for God to send it and it was almost like every Sunday morning we came to church we worshiped we prayed and we asked God to send this thing called revival and then it got really exciting because during the notices and I'd been a Christian about a year knew knew little or nothing somebody got up and said on Tuesday night this coming week we have got a missionary coming from a different part of the world who is in the middle of revival so I thought finally God's going to bring it to us deliver it to Sonny Bolton and so I went along that Tuesday night really excited and uh, this missionary got up and told stories of incredible healings and people falling down and being on the ground for hours and hours and, and legs growing and limbs growing back and people being raised from the dead and I thought wow so that is revival and I was so uh, so overcome and thinking wow that's revival well when is God sending that to us you know if you're thinking that the revival I'm talking about this morning is the circus is coming to town that's not the revival I'm talking about I I believe in all that stuff 
But you know, we can't afford as a church, Icon can't afford as a church, to wait for God to send something with the impression is that he's holding something back from us. Me and you need to live in the revival of now. So if you're thinking revival is going to be limbs growing back and people falling on the ground for hours and hours, that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm going to talk to you about three things I believe God wants to revive within us. God wants a revival in our country, in our nation. But let me tell you where God wants a revival first. He wants a revival in you and he wants a revival in me. Because when we are revived, then we can be a revival to a lost and dying world. And I know you guys are icon because I know your leaders. You're passionate about the things of God. But guess what? We're not sat in church waiting for God to send us something. You know, it was the impression when I was, a, God was doing stuff in Africa and he was a bit too busy for the UK. God was doing something in Asia and a bit too busy. And when he got round to England, God would really do something. Listen, that's nonsense. God is doing something in you and he is doing something in me. Let me tell you how I progressed this before we get to the points. Then years later, maybe five or six years ago, I got an invitation to go to America. I've been to America preaching many times, love the food, love the churches, great. So I thought, yeah, I'll go. And the pastor said, you're coming to do a week of revival meetings. So I thought, okay, uh, okay, yeah, I'm coming to do a week of revival meetings. And you'll preach one night and then we've got another guy doing the alternate nights. So I was preaching on the second night, he did the first night and then it went alternate for the whole week. So I remember getting there, I was a bit jet lagged. I went to the first night and so I was ready for the revival meeting and I was a bit taken away by the meeting. It was like, it was like the Wild West. There were people running around the auditorium people were on the floor. The meeting started at seven. I went back to my hotel at one o'clock in the morning. They were still at it. The guy who preached, preached for three hours. He was so sweaty. And when he'd finished preaching, he went back to the green room and he high-fived me. And, and he said, well, I've started it. You pick it up tomorrow night. And I'm thinking to myself, I ain't picking that up. I don't know how to pick that up. So I got up the second night. And you know what? If I'm being really honest, I felt like... I felt like, oh, they ain't going to want this because I was speaking on this. The character and nature of God. He was doing all the stuff and I was talking about the character and nature of God. And the minute I told what people I was preaching on, I could almost see the congregation go, uh, like, like the, the, nobody's going to run around the auditorium. Nobody's going to fall over. Now, listen, the church needs to know we're not against anything. We're for everything. But let me tell you, the three things I'm going to share with you, revival this morning. If you embrace these three things, then listen, manifestations, experiences got with God, they come and go. I've been a Christian 35 years nearly, and I've had some incredible moments with God. But let me tell you about every moment with God. It passes, and you've got to get up the morning after and live it when you don't feel it. And so the three things I want to share with you about being in a revival, being revived in these three things. The first thing is this. I'm going to read. They're all from the book of Psalms or the books of Psalms. So this is the first one. Number one is this. Psalm 19 verse 7 says this. The Lord of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. You see, the first thing I think we need a revival in is a revival of wisdom. A revival of wisdom. 
When you um, turn to the books in the Old Testament, 1 and 2 Chronicles, it talks about a man named Solomon. And Solomon has an experience with God that happens like this. One day God speaks to him and says, Solomon, name, name whatever you want and I'll give it to you. It's a bit like, you know, uh, when you were a child that your fairy godmother came in and said, whatever you, give us one wish and it's yours. Well, God actually said to this man, David's son called Solomon, Solomon, whatever you want, I will give to you. Now, I don't know if God said to me and you, what do you want? Maybe it'd be a car, a holiday or whatever. But Solomon was wise enough to ask for wisdom. And Solomon said to God, I want wisdom so I can lead your people effectively, so I can lead the nation. You see, what you've got to realize is this, wisdom is not knowledge. I know a lot of knowledgeable people that are full of knowledge, but knowledge doesn't equate to wisdom. Wisdom is what you do with the level of knowledge that you have. Wisdom is something that you can receive from God. You don't get because you've got a certificate or you've got a university degree or you went to some seminary or you've signed on to some course online. Wisdom comes from God. James 1 verse 5 says this, if anybody lacks wisdom, it doesn't say go to uni, and I've nothing against uni, both my kids went to uni. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. So where do we get wisdom from? We get wisdom from going to God and like Solomon did, said, God, I need wisdom. And we need a revival in the church of men and women living in wisdom. Let me, let me say, if we had men and women living in wisdom, 75% of the pastoral issues would disappear overnight. Why? Because many things that are happening in the life of the church, many things that happened in the New Testament and we're no different, are because people are living in feelings, they're living in reaction, they are not living in biblical wisdom. So me and you need to go to God and say, God, give me wisdom. You know, we're still in the back end of lockdown and we're praying to God we don't get another. But you know, all through these last few weeks and months that we've not been able to meet together, I've been praying, God, when we come out of this, give me real wisdom and give me real courage to bring the church into this next season right across our nation. I believe things will look similar, but not the same coming out of COVID. I believe this is not just a setback, but this is a setback to bring the church to a comeback. And one of the key things we need is a revival in godly wisdom, men and women like me and you, relying on the wisdom of God to empower us. Wisdom is getting skill of the, doing this thing called life. You know, I don't know about you, but nobody, nobody gave me a handbook when I brought my first child home from hospital. You know, when we, we adopted a cat a few years ago from a, an animal sanctuary, they came round to visit my home. They got a measurement from my front door to the road so that we could have a, a, a cat. Nobody did that when I had my children. We just got the babies in hospitals and took them home. There was no manual. What we need was wisdom and skill and that only comes from God. Do you know, when you read Matthew 13, and I would encourage you after my message to read this at home, one of the things that people were amazed at of Jesus wasn't just the miracles. I mean, I'd have been watering to wine, you know, Lazarus coming back from the dead, limbs growing, incredible things. 
But in Matthew 13, it actually says this about the crowd. They were, when they looked at Jesus, they were amazed and said, where does this man get his wisdom? Because you know what? When wisdom speaks, it's different from the crowd. There's a lot of voices in your world and my world right now. There's a lot of voices in the media. There's a lot of voices telling us to do this and do this and racism here and all those things that are happening. And, and we, we need real skill, wisdom, in how to deal and how to navigate the world in which God has us. The world that we live in needs skillful Christians to navigate. And I'm so grateful uh, for Icon. You've got skilled leaders. You've got wise leaders that don't just react to what's happening around them. Don't just react to what's happening in the media, but learn the skill of response. You see, wisdom knows when to fight and when to walk away. Wisdom knows when to speak and when to shut up. Wisdom is a bit like Westlife. You know when to say it best when you say nothing at all. Wisdom knows the moment and what the moment requires. Wisdom understands the moment and responds. Ephesians 3 verse 10, listen to this, this is so good. It says this, his intent, talking about God, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and of authorities in the heavenly realms. I, I love this because what Ephesians, what it's saying in this is, God's intent is this, that the church is the vehicle of God's wisdom into the world. Now we thank God for politicians and we thank God for all the different civic leaders. But guess what? We can have wisdom from God and all we need to do is ask. So your application for my first point is this. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Wisdom will serve you far better than being trendy. Wisdom will serve you far better than just amassing knowledge. Wisdom will, will serve you far better than getting on LinkedIn and updating your profile. Wisdom will help you build the skillful life that you need. Secondly, second, and we're back to the Psalms for our second point, is this. I'm going to read something here to from Psalm 80, um, verse 17 to 18. It says this. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand. The son of man you raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call upon your name. That is so good because it talks about obedience. And I think the second thing we need a revival in is this. And listen, this is not sexy and nobody's rolling around on the floor, but we need a revival in obedience. Everybody watching has got a different testimony. Some people, it may you may have had a road to Damascus experience. Other people, you may have just been brought up in church and just embraced it over a period of time. The one true thing for everybody is this. We all at some point said yes to following Jesus. Just like they did in the books in the New Testament where Jesus went to people and said, the most radical thing God ever said to anybody is this, follow me. 
And you know, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for over 30 years. And, and there's nothing that brings me great more joy as a pastor than seeing people that just follow Jesus. Not because somebody's watching, not because it might get them somewhere, but they follow just out of pure obedience. Follow me and ready to be obedient to God every day. That obedience is not just a preference. It's a hallmark of who we are. Now, I know some people, you know, the, 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 the people that, some people are watching and going, oh, all this obedience trip. Oh, it's not about obedience. It's just about love. Let me read this to you that I read the other day. 2 John chapter 1, verse 6 says this. This is love that we walk in obedience to all his commands. Listen, how do we know you love God? And it's nothing to do with how high you jump in worship. And I want you to jump in worship. It's nothing to do with how much you raise your hands. And I want you to raise your hands. How you love God, the proof of the pudding is this. It's do you walk in his ways? Are you obedient to his commands? You see, I'm like you, right? I find some things really easy to be obedient to. But some things are challenging. I've brought a few stuff down here. How, how, how's your obedience going with your money? Particularly during lockdown. How's your obedience? Because don't tell me you love God if you're not obedient to him with your money. Sorry, not buying it. Don't tell me you love God if you're not obedient to him in your relationships. Sorry, not buying it. Don't tell me you love God if we're not obedient to him in every single area of our life. And there's people watching this morning and some of the obedience thing, well, I find it easy to be obedient to God with my relationships, but hard with my money. For everybody, it'll be, there'll be some area that you find it difficult to be obedient to God. But you know what the Bible says? To obey is better than sacrifice. To God, obedience is top trumps. God is looking for men and women. He's looking for obedience. People that will just read it, get it, and walk in it. And listen, the biggest gift, don't tell Paul and Jeannie I'm telling you this right, but the biggest gift you can be at Icon Church, the biggest gift you can give your pastors is not a new car, although I don't think they'd refuse it, is not a few days away at Centre Parks, although I, they won't refuse it. The biggest gift you could give your leaders is this, to just walk in obedience and be easy to lead. Why? Because you're obedient to God. And when we're obedient to God, we're obedient to the people in our world that bring God words, God's word to us. So your application of point two is this. How in sync are you with God? Or are you playing fast and loose? I'll be obedient in this area, but you're not having this God. No, no, no. Keep it. Keep it. Obedience in one area has got to be obedience in every area. So Icon Church, obedience in every area. Maybe maybe you're at home this morning, maybe you're watching on the setting, maybe you haven't even got out your pyjamas to watch church this morning and your heart's beating because God is already letting you know, God is already letting you know there's areas of your life that you're not yielded in, you're not showing incredible obedience in. Well, let me tell you this, that's the area that God wants to change because he wants total obedience. And thirdly and finally, our final point before the boy from Bolton goes home and you can go back to whatever you're doing on this Sunday morning is this. Psalm 85 verse 6. It says this. 
Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Let me say that again because that's good. Will you not revive us again that your people will rejoice in you? This is what I think the third thing that I think we need a revival in. We need a revival in rejoicing. Now listen, that's more than worship. Worship's great. I love worship. You know, worship is brilliant. Uh, Joy is brilliant. We all need the joy of the Lord is our strength, the Bible says. But rejoicing is a little bit different because joy can be inner joy. We all know people, right, that have inner joy, don't we? Yeah, we do. But rejoicing is more than that. It's not just an inner joy. Rejoicing is to let stuff go. It's to, to manifest an inner work on the outside you can't say I've got you can say I've got deep joy but you can't say I've got deep rejoicing rejoicing always manifests itself on the outside now listen when you read the Bible and you read the story of the Israelites you've got to realize this the Israelites like to party I mean, these were, these were the original party people. They, they had a party for everything. Every feast was a bender, five days. And it wasn't slur, it was wine. They loved to party. They loved to feast. They loved to enjoy um, the, the, the things that God was doing and to remember them. I remember a few years ago, me and my wife went on a cruise and we had a couple of days in Jerusalem and we had a Friday in Jerusalem and I always wanted to go to the Wailing Wall. Now, I've seen it on the telly like many of you have and, uh, you know, it's where um, people go to the Wailing Wall and they, they push bits of paper into the wall with prayers on and I've seen them stand at the wall and then uh, and then pray and then keep nodding to the wall and, and, and I've seen all that on TV. To be there on a Friday was a different... It was like Glastonbury on speed. It was incredible. There were literally thousands of people dancing in the streets. There were men dancing at one side. The the women had to dance on the other side. It was like thousands of people dancing and rejoicing because it was Friday and the Sabbath was the day after. And as I watched these people, and I was stood there and, you know, tourists with my camera, with my shorts and my flip-flops and my T-shirt, watching these people, thinking from thousands of years that God helped them to understand his precepts by teaching them to celebrate things. Listen, there was nobody on that Friday on the Wailing Wall with a deep joy. It was rejoicing. It was seen. It was absolutely wonderful. Philippians 4 verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. I mean, why did you not just say it once? I, you know, re- rejoice in the Lord always. And then I'm going to say it again because this is double whammy. I say it again, rejoice. God wants us to have a revival in rejoicing. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I'm like your senior pastor, Paul. I'm really old. And I was pastoring in the 80s too. And I remember a song. And this song, um, we used to sing. We don't sing it anymore because we sing better songs, I believe. But we used to sing this song and it went like this. Rejoice. Rejoice, Christ is in you, the hope of God. And I remember singing that, and and we sung it to death. We sung it every Sunday. It was the second song, and everybody got excited. Rejoice, rejoice, Christ is in you. And I don't know about you, but I can't think of anything better to rejoice over than the fact is in this messed up world, even during lockdown, we can rejoice, rejoice. Why? Because Jesus is 
is on the inside. You know, sometimes people say daft things to me. They say, Pastor, I, I don't feel near God. And my answer is, all, he lives inside you. How close do you want to be? God in us, the hope of glory. It's not, the, the New Testament is not God just with us. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament is not God with us. It's God in us. And we can rejoice this morning. And you at Icon Church this Sunday morning can rejoice. Not because everything in your life is going perfectly. You may be on furlough this morning, sat on the settee thinking, will I have a job to go back to? Well, I can't answer that. But the thing I know is this. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, you can rejoice, rejoice. Why? Because Christ is in you and that never ever changes people say to me all the time well you know we're British we don't do all the extrovert stuff listen if Derby beat Nottingham Forest there would be some rejoicing in certain parts of one of your campuses listen if Wednesday beat the Blades there'd be some rejoicing in parts of your campuses. If even Chesterfield won one game, there would be some rejoicing in parts of your your campuses. Why? Because we, we learn how to rejoice certain things. And yet when it comes to God, we just think, well, it's a deep joy. No, 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 no. We don't want deep joy. We want people who've got a revival in rejoicing. Rejoice, rejoice. Christ is in you. Rejoice, I say it again. Rejoice. Why? Because it's God in us. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. So, you know, this morning as I pull this to a conclusion, Icon, um, you know, you may feel like a lot of the people felt at that American conference that they wanted all the, 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 the stuff and all the other stuff that was happening. And this morning I've talked about things like wisdom and, 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 and things like rejoicing and things like obedience. And to be honest, compared to some of that stuff, this doesn't feel very sexy. But let me tell you, as a pastor who wants you to thrive for the rest of your life, who wants to bring you, as part of the vision of your church, to human flourishing is this. If you get a revival in the three things I've talked about this morning, it will serve you so, so much better than just having an experience in a meeting as good as that is. We're into experience, but we're also into a revival in us, a revival that changes us on a dull Monday morning in Chesterfield or Bolton or wherever you happen to be this morning. So it's been great to spend some time with you. I love your church. I look forward to maybe sometime in the future coming seeing you and preaching to you. Look, we love you loads. I just want to close. I want to pull all this together by praying for you. And I am praying. I'm praying for revival. But I'm not praying for revival in Latin America. And I'm not praying for revival in Africa. I think that'll take care of itself. I'm praying for a revival in you. And I'm praying for revival in me. And I'm praying for revival in us. That these three things from the Psalms that we talked about this morning, that we will see such a revival. And you know, if we can come out of lockdown, whenever that is, when we can meet together, whether it's a couple of months away, whenever it is, and we've learned some of this stuff that God wants to bring about revival, then we have learned something in lockdown that will be so incredibly important to set us up for the rest of our life. So I'm going to pray over these three things. So whatever you're doing, you know, 
put, put that cup of tea down. Yeah, no, you, yeah, put it down. Just spend one minute with me just praying as we pull all these thoughts together. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the people who are watching this morning. Thank you for their life. I thank you for Icon Church on all its campuses. And Father, I pray and I wish we could have been together in the same room. But thank you, God, that you can transmit your presence right across through cameras, right across the airwaves, right into people's homes. And I pray for everybody watching that there will be a revival right across Icon in wisdom in wisdom that there will be a revival in icon of obedience and that there will be a revival in icon in rejoicing father we know that if we get these three things part of our makeup it will set us up uh, so well for the rest of our lives and we just pray right now by the power of the name of jesus that these three things would explode in our lives. Why, God? Because we're doing what James tells us to do and we are asking. We're asking you to do those things in our lives. That there will be such a revival that will change us. We pray that we will come back from this setback so well that we will come back and there will be salvation, new people, there will be growth, there will be abundance right across everything that we do. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Icon, thank you for letting me into your home this morning. Thank you to Paul and Jeannie for letting me steal his Sunday morning. And uh, hope to be with you real soon. God bless you. Whatever you're doing for the rest of the day, have a great day. Be revived. Amen. We've loved going on this 40 days of freedom journey. And it was so great to have Derek Smith bring the final part. And I love when he spoke about us needing this revival that changes us, that this isn't just about an experience, but it's about every single day. It reminded me that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. And I wanna take this moment, this moment in our service, just to create some space to give you the opportunity to respond to Jesus to respond to His grace and His love for you, that actually you can wake up tomorrow knowing that He has life for you and life to the full, that whatever circumstance you may be in, whatever situation you may be in, that you can know revival in your heart, you can know revival in your life, and you can know that He has the best for you because this is the God that we serve. This is Jesus, that He has the very best for us. Whatever filter, whatever image you've had of God or of Jesus before, I, I want you to change that today because He loves you, He's for you, and He has incredible plans for your life. And whatever life has looked like, nothing has separated you from that love. And so I want you to take this opportunity. Maybe that's for the very first time you're saying, Nathan, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to say yes to Jesus. Well, if that's you right now, there's a button which says raise hand. You can click that. Or if you're on YouTube, there's a link that has raise hand in the link. Click that link, fill in the form and uh, make that decision today saying, yes, Nathan, that's me. I want to make that decision to know Jesus in my life or today. You made that decision before, but you would say, I've walked away from that decision. I've walked away from that relationship with God. And today I need to get that right. I need to correct that today. Then you click that button. You click that link right now in this moment. 
The Bible tells us that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. And clicking that link is your confession, your confession today saying, I believe in you, Jesus. I'm gonna place my trust in you because I know that you've got better for me in my life. And so today that's you right now in this moment of space, in this moment of opportunity, click that link, click that button, declare today that Jesus, I'm giving my life to you today. Let me pray for you as you do that. And then after I've prayed, our worship team are just gonna lead us in a short, uh, short bit of worship together as we seal this word in our hearts. So let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every single person who's making that decision. And I pray right now as you're working in their hearts and their lives that they would know your presence. I pray that they would know forgiveness today, that there's no shame or guilt upon our lives, but that's taken away. And that today, today we could know that as we wake up tomorrow, there's a revival that begins to change in our lives, that we can know that. That yes, we can experience everything that you've got for us and we can have these moments of experience, but that should lead us to life. And so Jesus, we give our lives to you today. We just wanna lift your name high. We give you all the honor, all the glory and all the praise and all the church said, amen, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.